We got a couple more conference realignment questions popping up on a Wednesday. I got a question. How's Notre Dame pulling strings from outside the club when they won't even walk in? You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code in all caps, locked on college for a free white tech hat with any purchase, just like the one I got on right here. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joining me here is Kenton Gibbs. And Kenton, we just keep getting conference realignment news. Every single day, there's something new to talk about with the ACC, especially this week. I've kind of been worried that these types of days would pop up for us. Here they are. And this time, like we kind of predicted yesterday, now we got Notre Dame's name coming across our desk. We get a tweet from Brett McMurphy here on uh, Wednesday. Sorry. Today is Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. I can never keep the days straight. Tuesday afternoon. We got the 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 tweet from Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy saying, Notre Dame, an ACC member in all sports but football, remember that, is pushing hard for the ACC to add Stanford and Cal. How? How, how are we allowing any of this to happen? It's In my opinion, it's still mind-blowing that we allowed Notre Dame to use the ACC as a doormat in 2020 to enter our conference championship game as a non-football member. Again, a member in everything else but football because they're trying so hard to enjoy their independence, which I understand to a certain degree. I need the ACC to have a backbone here. I need the ACC to step up and say, listen, you're not pulling any strings unless you are sitting here at the table with us. What you got, Ken? You know, I don't know what type of magic uh, John Swarbuck and uh, John Jenkins are over there working, right? Um, and and this is – I'm sorry, Jack Swarbuck and John Jenkins are over there working. That's Notre Dame's athletic director and their president, okay? But uh, who gives a rat behind what they're pushing for? ACC, do what's best for you. Do what's best for you. I'm sorry, but I'm not letting a member, non-member, tell me what to do. This is like if you were trying to date the the, the prettiest girl in the school or whatever, and she's like, oh, I'm I'm not good for you. I'd, I'd ruin you. But my friend here, you and her have so much in common. Ma'am, that is not what I'm here for. That is not what I'm here for now. I will respectfully step off because I acknowledge, you know, we want volunteers not not hostages over here but i am not going for your ugly friend so with that in mind um you know if the acc sees fit if it works out then go get cal go get stanford but if it doesn't then don't and that's just the reality of what that should be no and notre dame to be 
feeling like they have any say in this. I think the conversation both starts and then maybe potentially ends with Notre Dame being a member here. Like I said, you should not be getting any say in this because if you got Notre Dame over here pulling strings, organizing the ACC how they think make the most sense, and who's to say they just never join at all? They just stay off in whatever they're doing, making hand over fist and NBC money, playing whoever they want to play. How, how can the ACC allow that to happen? Uh, of course, we, there was another tweet later on uh, this Wednesday evening, another one from Brett McMurphy. He had a great article that kind of detailed the finer things uh, in some of this discussion with Cal, Stanford, and SMU with the, uh, the additional idea of a Notre Dame. But basically, the ACC members, the people that are sitting at the table, they say, yeah, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us. Have to agree. Hard course, agree. It ain't making it a whole lot sense. of sense to me either, folks. Of course uh, but in this article, sense. in this article from Brett McMurphy, he kind of detailed that uh, Stanford and Cal, if they if potentially join the ACC, they would receive about 70% of the full share that these schools are getting. SMU, now here's an interesting point here. SMU would not be receiving this revenue for about five to seven years down the line. I believe the number was the year 2030 is when they would start receiving a full share. So SMU, this seems like a bit of a risk for them. They'd have to play the long game um, if they do want to participate in what is still a power five. But um, I saw that ESPN will pay the ACC between 33 and 35 million for each new expansion member. And it's up to the ACC to then decide how the money that's not going to this three potential schools is being distributed. So, yeah, certainly a I'm lot sorry. of. Sorry, you said 33 to 35 per new expansion. That's correct. Get James Madison on the phone. They're an independent. <laughs> we need them in this conference right now. What? That. This is a no-brainer. That just made this a lot more easy for me. I mean, what? If they're adding that per team, stop playing. Stop. Well, okay, so perfect lead-in. Here's the drawback. Some of the ACC teams are saying, yeah, this money coming in, it looks great. However, the massive drawback here is something that we've mentioned, the extensive amounts of travel that are going to get added when you throw in a Cal in a Stanford to this mix. They said ultimately – yeah, the, the numbers look great financially, but for all the schools, it's probably going to be a wash because of the increased travel. So when you factor all that in, when you may come to a net zero, maybe even a net negative, how is this making any sense for anyone involved? All right, here's the deal. These schools are lying to you. Um, <laughs> how, do I, how do I put this very gently? This is actually a good thing by these schools because they're showing that they care about player health and safety because it's important. It's actually well, sure. very important. It, um, it, it links back to the clip that we showed on Monday from Eli Drinkwitz. Yes, yes. But in terms of financials, you think it's going to cost $33 million more million to go over there and play them once or twice uh, a, a, a year? In terms of like... How how many sports do we have? What I think across across all schools, all sports, every member of the team traveling, I, I would bet it racks up pretty quickly. And you would think, all right, so let's let's do the numbers here, right? So you, we're saying that SMU wouldn't get a cut, but we're saying Stanford and Cal would at 70% or so. Okay. So let's just say let's bump Stanford and Cal up to a hundred percent. All right. 
So you just added in $66 million. Actually, no, you added in three teams. So that's $99 million, right? $99 million that SMU won't get a cut of. Now, right now, the ACC has, what, 15 member teams? Am I correct? That's correct. Inclu- including Notre Dame. So you add two in and you get about 17. Now, my math isn't perfect here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm no mathematician, but that's a little under, a hair under $6 million per school. The logistics of traveling for 28, for however many sports we have, is not going to come out to $6 million to go play these schools. Because mind you, it's not just y'all having to go there. It's also them coming over here. So don't get me wrong. There are costs that are beyond the money. There's the academic cost. There's the player health and safety cost. Financially, y'all are dropping $6 million extra dollars to travel. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Get some help. Y'all aren't dropping $6 million worth. I have heard stories about the different uh, hotels and whatnot that the non-revenue sports stay in when they travel. And I'm like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Baby, you stayed at the Ramada? Ew. They got, they got them up in the Motel 6. They'll keep the light on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And, and they don't sell nothing but two things that I cannot mention on this show at that place. But that's where our athletes were staying. So with that in mind, and let me not say our athletes, because it wasn't NC State that had athletes stay at a very non-reputable uh, place. But there's there's already, like, y'all are not dropping $6 million extra dollars to go over there. Like, stop it. Come on. Knock it off. Um, go ahead and, and take this 99, accept these three teams in, and, and let that roll. And then uh, at the end of this article from Brett McMurphy, it details – the league requires the approval of 12 out of 15 members, which is 75% of the league. They need the approval of 75% of the league in order to add these new expansion schools. Now, remember, for some reason, Notre Dame gets a vote here. I do not believe they deserve it, but they have a vote here. It's it's very head-scratching to me. Again, I, just, I don't feel like you should be getting a, a full vote here at the table unless you are a full member at this table. I agree. I agree. Head scratching, head scratching to say the least, but it's uh, th- talks are certainly seeming to uh, heat up a bit. And that's yeah. uh, it's concerning, I guess, to say, to say the least, because yeah, you have the fans saying, I'm not so sure if this makes sense. You have members of these actual athletic institutions saying, I'm not sure if this makes sense. I hope the decision makers are going to take all this into account because it seems like we're heading down a road that we're, we're, we're not exactly so positive is going to work out the best for everyone. You're missing the important part. If it makes dollars, it makes sense. And again, there are Jim Phillips, direct quote. (laughs) And again, there are very direct calls. Me personally, me personally, if you were asking me, Kenton, how do you feel about this? Is this a, a good idea, bad idea, et cetera, et cetera? In the grand scheme of things, it, is, it depends on what angle you're looking at it from. If I'm looking at this from the outside in, I'm saying NC State's going to be here either way. If the ACC dissolves, if whatever happens, NC State will still be here, will fill, still fill all the sports. So it is what it is. If we're looking at it from the ACC's perspective, they need money. That's just the deal. 
they need money. So they need that. If you're looking at it from the student athlete's perspective, this is complete and utter nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense, especially if you're Cal at Stanford, especially if you said, hey, uh, like we talked about before, I went to this school because I didn't want to leave the West Coast and I wanted mom, grandma, granddad, uh, dad, brother, sister, cousin, all that to be able to come to my games. So sad, too bad. The four pack is now dissolving. It's tough. Yeah. So um, it's it's a tough situation and life is filled with hard choices. And this is one of those situations where regardless of the decision, somebody's going to have to make a real hard choice here. Either these schools are going to have to vote no and potentially risk dissolution as a conference, or they're going to have to say yes and understand what that means in terms of the travel, in terms of the grades, in terms of uh, having players, you know, adding staff for uh, potential travel. Because if you're going to be gone for three, four days out of the week to be going out to California, you're going to need somebody there academically to ensure that these players are, are doing what they need to do in that realm. So, of course, well, for right now, for the time being, my message to Notre Dame is pipe down or join up. Yeah. Our sponsor yeah. for today is FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on the Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets back every single time they win in the regular season. So let's say you pick the Chiefs to run it back this year. You think Patrick Mahomes goes absolutely crazy. Every time the Chiefs win a regular season game, you get a bonus bet back. Yes, it is as good as it seems. You can use these bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, a little bit of a transition here. Haven't had a whole lot of hoops talk on this program lately as we're gearing up for football season. But for all you hoop heads out there, I, we didn't forget about you. We got some news on Wednesday afternoon. Our non-conference schedule has been released and some interesting storylines here. I think, you know, I, the the growing sentiment amongst Wolfpack fans uh, online, they're very unimpressed with the home portion of the non-conference schedule. And I fully understand that. The people that can get the cheap tickets in the beginning of the season. They would like to see some opponents of intrigue. I fully understand that. However, uh, you know, the way this non-conference schedule is laid out, you'll see that they're going after what's going to help them the most in the long run. And that is these bigger name teams, these P5 schools in a, an opportunity for NC state to both bolster the resume and learn a lot about their character. And by that, I mean, we're playing three SEC schools away from home, out of PNC Arena, out of Raleigh. We got Vanderbilt out in Las Vegas. We have Old Miss in Oxford. I'm very excited for that one, a true road game in the SEC. And mm. then we have Tennessee down in San Antonio. Those are the biggest three teams you're going to see here on this non-conference schedule. Again, the, the other, the home portions, you have the Citadel, Abilene Christian, Charleston Southern. Okay. You know, Maryland Eastern Shores, the Reynolds game. Okay. We love that it's in Reynolds. Tradition. Love that. Okay. UT Martin. Okay. You know, that, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the sentiment here. However, this St. Louis game 
is intriguing, in my opinion, because we owe them one. I think we owe them a couple, to be quite honest. Get your lick back, baby. It's lick back season. Time to spin back. We need a a lick back, okay? Because St. Louis, I, I believe it was two seasons ago, we traveled out to them. This was the year that St. Louis barely played any games, it felt like, because of COVID. We had our own issues. But we went to St. Louis. I believe we were undermanned and just played terribly. Should have won that game. At the time, that would have been a quality win for us. Let it slip through our fingers. We owe them one. And then uh, the the last game here on the non-conference schedule, Detroit, a little bit of a Christmas gift uh, for NC State before you roll into the holidays. Um, hopefully that that's a that's a Detroit team without Antoine Davis because that man can fill up a bucket. I tell you what, but this Detroit is the non-conference is always schedule. Better than people think. What's that? Detroit Mercy is always better than people think. Always better are. than people think. Every time you look up, you're like, wait, did they upset such and so? Don't let it be UNC State. Don't let it be you this year. Right. But Kenton, kind of flipping through this non-conference schedule, what what piques your interest? What are you most excited about here? I mean, I I think that there's a lot. I think that there's a lot of opportunity here. And I think that Coach Keats did a good job of balancing this thing out to, I mean, let's just be honest. Everybody, in everyone's mind, you should play your non-conference schedule should be 12 teams against, uh, 12 games against the top 20 teams in the nation. You don't want that. You you should play the the not the Chicago Bears but twelve actual Bears from Chicago. That's that's <laughs> what one of your games should be. Here's the reality: it from doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You have to know your team. You have to know their temperament, and you have to level set based on level set based on the beginning of this season, or level set based on what you believe. They're the off conference, uh, the out of conference schedule. That's what you need to do. And this team is going to take some time to gel. This they is will. a team that we're going to look at. How many starters are coming back? You got if Casey Morsell. You got if DJ you count, Burns. If you count DJ Burns as a starter, then that would make two. And that's it. And that's it. Your two lead ball handlers, gone. Two leading shot makers, gone. Gone. So A lot of gonna, the depth pieces are now gone. New guys there, too. So you're going to need some time for this team to kind of get together, gel, and figure it out. You don't want that against the top 10 team. You will get your head bashed in. Because even if you're playing a top 10 team that's in a similar situation to you, guess what? They're retooling with all five stars. So if you play one-on-one hero ball against them, they're going to whoop the wheels off you. Exactly. Listen, you don't want to see Indiana on November 17th. You don't yeah. want to see Gonzaga on December 4th. And, and here's the thing. There will be a time where we are there as a university and there as a program. Now is not that moment. Now is not that moment. Interesting point, though. The Jimmy V Classic that they have every year, kind of mind-blowing. Well, not exactly. In my opinion, I, I wish that we were in it every year. I understand. We should be. We, we should haven't be. because we've been non-competitive. In I do not care. The Lions get Thanksgiving every year. Great Every point. year. Thanksgiving, there will be a Thanksgiving game of it, uh, with the Lions in it every year. Point. The Lions are competitive. I'm a Lions fan. I was there for 0-16. It was actually a great time. They couldn't give those tickets away, so you got to go in free. But that's neither here nor there. They get Thanksgiving every year as tradition. That same thing should apply. Where else did Jimmy V coach that Rutgers. people want to put in here? 
that 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 you missed the second part that people want to put in that uh tournament. Rutgers is decent. No, but I'm saying, has Rutgers been in that tournament either? No, but they should be. It should be us and Rutgers. Hmm. There you go. And hmm. that things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> here's 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 some free game, ESPN. NC State, Rutgers, the Jim Valvano Classic, only on ESPN. Boom. 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 Run, run me my check. And and listen, you could even make it a four-team deal, put in two auxiliary teams and say, oh, well, Rutgers and NC State are just there to get beat up on by these two powerhouse teams and the two powerhouse teams meeting the championship. Sure. But if you put NC State and Rutgers in it, just by probability and statistics, they're going to advance. They're going to meet each other sometimes. One of them is going to be the champion sometimes. It's just how the numbers work out on it. Yeah, but I say all that to say I'm perfectly okay with this non-conference slate. I saw some people yeah. think it's on the weaker side. Maybe, maybe on the home portion of this. But again, like you mentioned, Kenton, this team, they need time to gel. They got to build that on that in-game chemistry before they see these three SEC schools. Not to mention, they're going to have to see either Arizona State or BYU, which is another P5 school there before you even make it to ACC play. So I'm excited about the the early opportunities, some character-building opportunities here against these bigger name. Well, not bigger name, but you get what I'm saying, these SEC yeah, schools. Yeah. So Absolutely. this, you know, as big as this season is hopefully turning out to be, you want to make sure that you are ready to go, ready to hit the ground running by the time you make it to that ACC slate. So I'm perfectly content with how this non-conference schedule is laid out. I think I think Keats and the crew, they did a pretty good job here. I thousand percent agree. I'm right there with you. This is a uh this is a, a non-conference schedule that I look at and I say it makes sense for where this team is. It makes a ton of sense for where this team is. Now, as we go forward and as as you know guys get older, a little better, all that good stuff, as we get better recruiting classes, as we get uh, you know, we hop in our portal bag again as we've done here, sure. I could see scheduling a little tougher, but as we, as it stands right now, I have high expectations for this team and you don't want to make things too tough out the gate. And then you get thrashed and dashed and your season just looks terrible all throughout. I'm not going to name any names, but uh, some teams have done that historically a good amount and hurt themselves. Tom Izzo of Michigan state. I mean, um, uh, teams, teams around the country. So, you know, there's no need to, if you aren't there, there's no need to schedule Hey, we need the number one team in the nation. We need the number six team in the hey, we want to hold your horses. The horses need to be held for a minute. And when the gates open, let them out, let them run, let them do their thing. Absolutely. Our second sponsor for today is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs have a stretch khaki short that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemons, but they fit way better. Like I just mentioned yesterday, I have my bird dog shorts on just the other day. My mom says, are you wearing Lululemon? I said, funny you should ask. No, these are bird dogs, and they fit way better than what Lululemon's got going on. They have a, a, a cloud pocket, so you feel supported, you feel cool, and you're comfortable all day long. So what you need to do is go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free white tech hat, like the one you see I got on right here, with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free white tech cat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right. And we're going to finish this Thursday episode by explaining the difference for some folks between Bradley Rosner's situation 
and Tez Walker situation from UNC? Because apparently some folks are uh, confused, as I understand, Kenton. So, oh my God! I just realized today is is not uh, Tuesday. Oh boy, my my internal clock is terribly off. Proceed, Grayson. We're we're just trying to make it the football season, brother. We are, we are, we're so close. It's 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 you know that time when you get close is just like a malaise a little bit. But proceed. Okay, so this news broke. I believe it was on Tuesday, actual Tuesday. UNC's transfer wide receiver from Kent State by the name of Tez Walker was deemed ineligible by the NCAA because of this new rule that they're implementing, denying immediate eligibility for players that have transferred twice. So I believe Tez Walker began his college career at NC Central, if I have my facts correct, mm-hmm. um, did not play a fall season at NC Central, only played in the spring, then transferred to Kent State, yeah, and NC has Central now canceled their season because of COVID. So he transferred correct. to NC. Uh, so he transferred to Kent State. Correct, and has now found himself at UNC. Now, however, with this new rule, this double transfer rule, you do not have immediate eligibility as his waiver was denied. Now, I want to start here. I do think Tez Walker should be allowed to play. I think, all things considered, it's it's a bit of a lame rule, and. I'll leave that where it is. However, there is a rule. The The circumstances go against this rule for Tez Walker. And I wouldn't exactly say it's an incorrect ruling. It's lame, but it's not incorrect. Yeah. And or UNC fans, I'd say are probably rightfully upset. But they've chosen, some of them, have chosen to angle angle their angst at NC State fans because we have an eighth-year wide receiver in Bradley Rosner. This is not the same scenario. Nowhere near. Bradley Rosner is an eighth-year wide receiver. He has transferred twice, but here's the key thing. He's a graduate transfer. There's and a one of those was from a JUCO. One of those was from a JUCO as well. So you're you're looking at two two levels of differences there. Different set of rules, people. This Absolutely. don't don't come at us because y'all are upset. Now listen, I know NC State fans are not exactly innocent here. A lot of them have come out of the woodworks to try and clown UNC fans. It's just it's the classic rivalry on Twitter. Folks are yeah. setting traps for the other fan base. They're walking into it. They're setting traps. The other fan base is walking into it. It's a war zone. Just understand this: two completely different situations. And I do think that Tez Walker should play. Kenton, you have the floor. I'm going to say this. The only reason that I say Tez Walker should play is because this information was given to me by my Locked On ACC co-host, Candace Cooper. So if it is incorrect, I apologize. Go after Candace, not us. (laughs) But I was told that the rule was changed to no two transfers two days after he announced he was transferring. I have read this as well. To UNC. That is not fair. That is not okay. And if if he transferred before that, he's grandfathered in. You got to let it. You got to play it as it lied when he announced the transfer. But beyond that, that's stupid. It's not the same to say he's the same as Bradley Rosner because one of them has a piece of paper with his name on it from an accredited university saying, "Hey, I did the thing, the thing that everyone's here to do. I did that. Therefore, you're under a different set of rules." 
for transferring from undergrads. You're under a different set of rules, and that's just the reality. But there is one thing that I do want to point out here that is absolutely ridiculous, and I almost made us lose our clean rating just thinking about this. Governor Roy Cooper, come on down, buddy. Come on down to the floor. Because you're in the letter writing business these days for athletics. Now, for years, a guy like me, lowly old NC State media guy, thought that those types of things were below beneath you, per se, you know? There was, and, and here's the thing, right? Some people are asking, where was the letter for Omaha? I could see the argument potentially for like, oh, you did that to yourselves. You know, you could have got the team back and said, whatever. I don't agree with that argument. I could see that argument. What under God's green earth did Chandler Zavala do? Explain it to me like I'm a fifth grader. Where's, where's Chandler's letter at? Where was his letter? My brother in Christ, if you want to write a letter as an individual, you know, go for it. If you just want to write a letter as like, hey, I'm Roy Cooper, UNC alone, and I'm writing you a letter. Sure. Don't you dare write a letter and tweet it out from the the governor's account. What are we doing here? Listen, I, I can't believe I'm going to support this. I saw a tweet from ECU Barstool. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with what they said. They said, and I'll, okay. I agree with what they said because it involves former NC State basketball legend Cam Hayes. I say legend lightly. I was just about to say that legend is doing a lot <laughs> of carrying right there. The backpack job of the century. Cam Hayes was at NC State, transferred to LSU, has now found himself at ECU. That's a double transfer. So guess what? Cam Hayes needs a waiver to become eligible. Governor Cooper, where's the letter at? If you're going to write one, you got to write them all. Speaking of cams, Cam Woods may need a We have a, a cam. Letter. We have, we a, have cam a cam that too. Needs a waiver. We have a Where's cam. Where's the letter at? Where brother, break out the pen. Break it out. Break it Break it I, out. I need my letter. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Governor it, Cooper. It's 2023. Break out the keyboard, brother. Break out the keyboard. Break it out. Let's let's get it rolling. Right. Can I call you Roy? I'm going to call you Roy. Roy, come on. get it. See, you opened up Pandora's box. and right You did. Because you didn't have to do it. You could have sat there and ate your food like you did for every other sporting matter, except for like the sports betting and the alcohol and games thing. Those were the only things that you would come out and say anything about before. But now all of a sudden you're getting involved in players. So, Mr. Cooper, and we don't get political on this show. We don't talk about our political affiliation, whether we like age. We don't care what party you're from. You know what I mean? You could be from the Flying Spaghetti Monster Party for all we care. If you are in an office office and in a position of power, and you are using that position of power to influence larger institutions that look over all of our colleges for guys from your alma mater, I think there's something wrong with that. Now, if you're doing it for all the universities under your jurisdiction, if you're sitting up here saying, hey, listen, um, you you got to do right by this young man at NC State. Hey, listen, you got to do right by this young man here. You got to do right by this young man at ECU. Sure, I'm with it. Yeah, tell the NCAA that they got to do right by your boys. I'm rocking with you. I'm rolling with you. These are public land-grant universities. Rock for your public land-grant university. You're not. You're rocking for your university. And that, my friend, is problematic on a multitude of levels.
if you're gonna write one letter, you gotta write all the letters, brother. You, you gotta write all the letters. You better you, cover the ECU players, the Wake Forest players, the Duke players, the Campbell Camels. You better Campbell help Camels. out the Campbell Camels. The NCANT Aggies, cover them. The Central Eagles, cover them. The Shaw Bears, cover them. The St. Aug Falcons, cover them. It's not our fault that somebody at that compliance office in Chapel Hill needs to get fired. By the way, this is like the third time we've heard a player having a problem transferring in or out. Somebody at that compliance office really does uh, need to do a little bit more. Never mind. We're not going to go there right now. But the, the fact of the matter is very simple. Okay? The fact of the matter is very simple. If you're putting pen to paper, you know, you remember when you used to take candy on uh, on Valentine's Day? And what did your teacher always say? Don't just bring candy for your crush. No. If you bring candy, you got to bring everybody. candy for the entire class. Roy, you just walked in with the king size Twix. And you just gave it to your little favorite. Now everybody else, we don't even get Halloween size candy from you. But, but meanwhile, this one here gets the king size Twix. You're looking funny in the light, Roy. You're looking <laughs> funny in the light. <laughs> That's going to do it for us here on Thursday. As always, thank you all so much for tuning in with us, for liking with us, for commenting with us, for subscribing with us. We're getting very close to 500. Like we mentioned, we want to get these numbers up as high as we can go before we kick off uh, at the end of August. Let's see if we can at least hit 500. I believe we're about 25 away from that. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, go Pack. Go Pack.